Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. One of the uh, really great things about doing this podcast and, and having a series uh, as we've had for a number of years now is the ability to, to move quickly and have discussions on important events as they are happening. Uh, today I'm happy to uh, host this episode of Chicago's Legal Latte to discuss this week's Supreme Court decision in the Masterpiece Cake Shop case uh, out of Colorado. I'm sure most people are familiar with it. We'll get uh, into the details today. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell. And of course, um, I'm not going to venture into this conversation alone. Uh, very pleased to be joined by Lavelle Law Attorney Joshua Pagan. Joshua is a experienced litigator and um, one who's going to share some, uh, I think, uh, useful and important information uh, today. And I'm looking forward to having the conversation. So, Joshua, thanks for uh, taking the time and uh, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks so much for having me. Glad to be back. So, the decision this week came from the U.S. Supreme Court, and whenever we discuss those cases, you know, it's good to kind of step back and take a look at, uh, at both the original case and then uh, maybe a little bit about the judicial path that followed before making it to the Supreme Court. So can you kind of take us back to the original complaint, which I think came out of Colorado, and describe how it all came to be? Sure. Um, so essentially, back in the summer of 2012, um, a gay couple entered the Masterpiece Cake Shop in, in Colorado. Um, at the time, uh, marriage equality um, uh, was... Uh, uh, not allowed in Colorado, um, not, uh, both at the state level and at the federal level. Um, so essentially it was illegal in Colorado at the time. So the couple had planned to marry out of state and then have a reception back in Colorado for friends and family. Um, when they entered the cake shop and spoke with the owner, uh, Mr. Phillips, <clears throat> who um, is also part of uh, the, uh, the case, um, he had informed them that he would be unable to make them a wedding cake because he did not support um, same-sex marriages and it went against his religious beliefs. Um, but he did tell them that he'd be willing to sell them other products such as, you know, brownies, cookies. He would bake them birthday cakes, shower cakes. He just did not want to make them a wedding cake. And from um, there, um, so, this be, be, yeah, became an issue then uh, through, the, through the Colorado Civil Rights Commission, correct? That's correct. The couple filed a complaint with the Colorado Civil Rights Commission. At the time, Colorado uh, passed <clears throat> excuse me, a statute um, that uh, prohibited um, discrimination on the basis uh, of, among other things, sexual orientation in places of public accommodation. Um, so essentially, the couple filed a complaint with the commission alleging that the cake shop and the cake shop owner violated that statute by refusing to make them a wedding cake. And how did the commission rule? Well, so essentially the commission uh, found that there was uh, sufficient evidence for them to open up an, an investigation into a possible violation of the statute. So what they did was they referred it to an administrative law judge uh, who um, held a hearing um, and ultimately ruled that uh, Masterpiece Cake Shop um, had violated the statute. Once that uh, ruling was entered, it was referred back to the commission, um, uh, and they entered an order um, requiring that 
Masterpiece Cake Shop, uh, cease and desist refusing to make wedding cakes for gay couples. So that's sort of the progression of um, how the case uh, transpired um, prior to reaching the Supreme Court. And is it is it fair to characterize this and say that this is a First Amendment case? Would that be the, the right way to characterize it? Yeah, um, the... Uh, the cake shop owner, Mr. Phillips, uh, certainly raised um, First Amendment issues, and he raised t- two in particular. Um, he claimed um, that forcing him to make wedding cakes would violate his First Amendment rights to freedom of speech because to him, making cakes was a form of artistic expression. And by forcing him to make a wedding cake for gay couples when um, same-sex marriage conflicted with his religious beliefs, he was being forced to adopt um, a form of speech or a message that uh, he did not actually support. The second argument that he made was essentially that it, it what many would expect, that it violated his uh, First Amendment rights to free exercise of his religion, because he was essentially being forced to uh, express support for same-sex marriages when, uh, it con- when this conflicted with his religious beliefs. So it was sort of a two-prong First Amendment argument that he made um, throughout the case. And can you explain briefly, because I've heard this before in the other cases, in fact, cases I know Lavelle's handled, there's something, I, if I know it correctly, it's the re- religious exemption regarding the First Amendment. Is that, is that can you describe it? Is that what he, he relied on in, in his uh, presentation? Um, sure. So in, in certain contexts, um, there are exemptions for religious people, groups, and organizations um, from enforcement um, of laws. Um, And so, uh, for example, in the employment context, um, typically at will, uh, I'm sorry, typically um, employees can be fired for any reason as long as they're not discriminatory. And one of the ways in which courts have applied um, sort of the, quote, religious exemption is in the context of um, uh, religious employers. If um, If the employer is a religious institution and the employee's position um, is a position that uh, helps carry out the church's message. If they're a member of the clergy, things of that nature, um, then uh, excuse me, the clergy. Then, uh, then uh, in those instances, religious institutions would be exempt. In this particular instance, he's not necessarily raising an exemption of any sort. He's uh, his argument is rooted for, uh, squarely within the context of the First Amendment. Um, I'm chatting with Lavelle Law Attorney Joshua Pagan today on a special edition of Chicago's Legal Latte, and uh, we're discussing this week's U.S. Supreme Court ruling in the Masterpiece uh, Cake uh, issue. Um, we'll do our best to cover the details, but you can actually find an excellent article written by Joshua at uh, LavelleLaw.com. And if you haven't been to that site before, uh, it's a great source for really hundreds of articles, podcasts, videos on, on legal topics like this. Um, along with plenty of information about the various attorneys at Lavelle Law who join us frequently here on on this podcast. Um, So let's focus on what happened this week. Uh, The Supreme Court issued its ruling, and it was a a 7-2 ruling, I believe. But what specifically Mm -hmm. uh, did the court, what did they address in their finding? Sure. Um, So when the decision first came out, I think many people were, were shocked um, because many of them, you know, uh, many people probably only read headlines and how the court actually, uh, what the actual outcome of the decision was. Um, but in terms of the actual underlying rationale for the decision, it, it was quite unexpected. Um, the court itself doesn't actually 
uh, focus too much on the merits of Mr. Phillips' First Amendment freedom of speech and free exercise claims. They focus more so on how the commission treated Mr. Phillips throughout the uh, underlying proceedings and, uh, and, and how they treated his case as a whole. So one of the things that they focus on is that uh, the commission, as a government entity, had a responsibility and a duty to apply the law of Colorado neutrally towards religion. That's a guarantee that Mr. Phillips has um, under the Constitution. And during the proceedings, um, the commissioner who uh, was prosecuting the complaint um, made numerous statements um, regarding Mr. Phillips and his religion, indicating that if his religious beliefs conflicted with what uh, the commission wanted him to do, then he was unwelcome to do business um, in Colorado. And he also made disparaging remarks, um, according to the opinion, regarding Mr. Phillips' um, uh, religion. So the court felt that the statements and actions of the commission um, indicated that the proceedings themselves were not, Im were not impartial um, and that the uh, commission uh, displayed hostility towards um, Mr. Phillips and his religion, which essentially to them means that they did not apply the law neutrally. Um, so that was the first thing that they focused on. The second thing was uh, that they did not treat his case, um, again, according to the opinion, was that the commission did not treat Mr. Phillips' case similar to other uh, cases that they had prosecuted. In previous cases in which uh, cake shop owners were requested uh, to make cakes with messages and images that they deemed offensive, um, the commission uh, ended up uh, uh, ruling in favor of the cake shop owners. Um, and the reason for that was because the court felt that, <clears throat> excuse me, the commission should not be relying on its own definition of what's considered offensive. Um, and they also took factors into consideration in those cases that they disregarded in Mr. Phillips' case. So overall, the opinion doesn't necessarily focus on whether or not Mr. Phillips has a right to deny this particular couple or any other same-sex couple um, a wedding cake. They focus almost exclusively on how the, and, uh, how the commission handled his case in the underlying proceedings. And that, that's very important because it, it is a fair, fairly narrow view and, and, and very specific, as the Supreme Court tends to handle things. So uh, as people who are concerned with civil rights issues and, and the LGBTQ community, um, maybe they can take some solace in the fact that their specific concerns weren't necessarily uh, turned away or advocated for in, in what the Supreme Court decided in this particular case. Yeah, that's correct. And Justice Kennedy, who uh, who uh, authored the opinion, um, it's also important to note that he also authored the uh, Obergefell versus Hodges opinion, which um, essentially uh, made marriage equality legal in the United States. Um, he also authored this opinion, and he goes out of his way to note that it's important to apply the laws in a way that um, are both neutral to uh, individuals with sincerely held religious beliefs and uh, also does not subject LGBT people to discrimination. So he goes out of his way to, to, to make that point 
um, that the law needs to be applied in a way that takes both of these factors into consideration. Um, so there's definitely um, uh, there's definitely uh, a legitimate basis for the community to take some solace in that decision. So we've got about two minutes left, and, and I'll ask you a question. You can answer it either specifically to this case or, or more broadly to the to the type of uh, scenario we were just talking about. But, uh, you know, next steps, what, what happens next relative to either this case or these types of cases? Well, um, I'm sure that there are other uh, similar cases pending in different states. Um, and I think in terms of next steps, I think that this case uh, serves as um, – uh, I think that the Masterpiece uh, Cake Shop decision uh, serves as sort of a warning to other commissions um, that if they're going to be handling these cases, they need to do so in a way um, uh, that is uh, as neutral uh, as possible um, towards individuals with sincerely held religious beliefs in order to ensure um, that they don't wind up in the same situation that the Colorado Civil, Colorado Civil Rights Commission did, um, with cases being with cases with favorable uh, uh, judgments being overturned. Um, so I think from here forward, I think um, I think all that anyone can do is uh, use sort of this as a guiding example as to how to handle these types of matters in other administrative hearings. Well, um, a lot of next, uh, you know, what happens next questions are going to pop up, and I'm sure we're going to have a need for further discussion on, on important cases like this and some of these same uh, types of situations. So uh, certainly I want to tell people to keep an eye, first of all, on uh, LavelleLaw.com so you can look for articles and updates. Uh, and we certainly appreciate Joshua being here today. I'm going to let him go and uh, get back to his day, but uh, we'll look forward to talking with him again soon. Um, we welcome everyone back uh, to each of our podcasts, and um, hopefully we'll uh, continue to uh, cover you know, general terms, general topics, as well as those that are happening uh, in, in real time as best we can. We thank you very much for listening. And, uh, again, please visit LavelleLaw.com uh, to get more on this and uh, a number of other legal topics. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.